the Apollo Podcast Network. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this week's edition of the Road to Glory podcast presented by Apollo Media. I'm one of your hosts, Chris McGeehy. You can find me on Twitter at Chris B. McGeehy. And joining me this week, as he does always, is Mr. Apollo Dez himself. Des, you can actually you guys can find Des on Twitter at Apollo Des One. Sorry, I didn't mean to leave your Twitter handle out there, buddy. How you doing this morning? You know, it's been uh, it's been a minute since I've been back on, and it's it's been sad. It's been dark, gloomy days. Um, you've you've had some trials Texas, and tribulations. Texas was back, and then they weren't back, and then they were back, and then they're not back. All in the span of seven and a half hours of a Red River game, and. Um, Look, we're on we're on to this week. That's all I could say. Let me ask you this just real quick before we dive right in. Who has a better roller coaster? Is it Six Flags or is it UT? <laughs> it's got to be UT, right? I mean, I'm, just it, it I mean, there's I'm, definitely like, more I feel, drops. Like I feel like it's a tower of terror. Like I'm stuck on this haunted hotel for the rest of my life and I don't know what to do to get off, <laughs> but I guess I'll just enjoy it. All right, man. So we are we're going to dive right in here. We've got uh, a bunch of stuff that we want to cover today. Um, But we're look, Des, we're halfway through the season. Right. And I feel like we need to kind of just take a quick step back, kind of assess, you know, the the country, see where some of the things stand. And I want to start with the Heisman favorites right now and and get your opinions here. So as of yesterday, uh, 1014 via BetMGM, the top six candidates in order were Bryce Young and Matt Corral, co-favorites at plus 200, CJ Stroud at plus 800, Kenneth Walker III, the running back from Michigan State at plus 1400, your boy Bijan Robinson at plus 2000, and Cincy quarterback Desmond Ritter at plus 2000 as well. Any of those guys too high, too low? I, I think I know which way you're going to go here, but uh, but let me hear it, man. What, what do you got on, on those six? Well, first and foremost, I, I think uh, as an unbiased national media college football journalist, I, I could set my my fandom aside, but I got to say B. John Robinson is the best running back in the country. And a lot of the times this is a running – used to be a running back first trophy – uh, I think he's just a bell cow, and in Sark's offense, he's going to keep putting up numbers. Obviously, he kind of disappeared in the second half when OU keyed on him and was just, hey, you got to beat us, you got to beat us other ways. And, and Casey and Ward tried to do that, and they fell a little bit short. But I, I think that um, he's my guy right now, this this early on. Um, and, and, and I got to think Ritter has to be up there as well, just because. They're undefeated. They're number three in the country. They have a legitimate shot to make a run for a national championship. And a lot of people aren't talking about them. Uh, it's 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 weird. Um, but in this game, and, and if you have an undefeated season and you're the quarterback of that team, you're probably going to get a lot of votes. Look, I, I don't want to come off as as a hater here, right? But I know I'm going to because I don't think there's a polite way for me to say this. I really feel like C.J. Stroud is only up there because of the school that he's affiliated with. I mean, 100 percent. He hasn't had a bad season, 
but I don't think he's been nearly as impressive as some of the other guys on that list. And, and again, that's, that's no hate towards Ohio state or its fans or even Stroud himself. It's just a commentary, I believe on the way that these rankings should actually stack up. I, uh, I do enjoy Kenneth Walker and Bijan Robinson going back and forth as you know, the best running back in the nation, you know, it's, it's every time one of them does something, here comes the other one, either, you know, trying to match it or exceed it. And, um, and Bryce Young, and Matt Corral, man, that, oh, it's kind of weird, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, man. It, it's one of those where like Bryce Young, your quarterback, you're at Alabama. I get it. But for Matt Corral, I guess he's had a great season. He got the dog shit beat out of him by Alabama. Yeah. And, I mean, that right there, like. And I, 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 I don't, don't even think he's the best Heisman candidate on his, on his team. I think Henderson's better than him. I think Henderson has a better resume and will have a better resume at the end of the year just because it, it's, it's stat-based and, and results-based, not like the process of just, oh, it's a Ohio State quarterback. I didn't realize this was hot take Friday, Des. Jesus, man. All right, buddy. So, look, I mean, look, I, Henderson's uh, a dude. Of these, I mean, the best value for your money has got to be Robinson or Ritter, right? I mean, at yeah. plus two thousand. I mean, I look. I I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to dump on you here. I don't think that Robinson is going to win it. I'm not saying he doesn't necessarily deserve it. I just don't think it's going to happen. But Ritter's got a real chance. And at plus two thousand. I mean. You know, it's really going to come down to whether or not voters actually respect, you know, the group of five quarterback here. All right, man. I have the uh, real quick. I have the SI article that they dropped preseason about their top 10 uh, Heisman candidates. And it's it's weird to see it shake out as we're approaching the halfway mark. Right. They had uh, number 10 Thibodeau and number nine Brees Hall at Ohio State. That CJ at uh, number eight. That Bijan at seven. They had King from Miami at six, Matt Corral at five, Bryce Young at four, Sam Howell at three, who's wow. just struggled, wow. right? I mean, Mac Brown and, and North Carolina has just been bad this year. DJU at two, and now we've seen what Clemson has done. Yep. We could touch on that. And then they had Rattler, who is probably going to be in the portal because of uh, Mr. Caleb Williams. So it's kind of wild to see what the uh, pundits had at the beginning of the season. Des, we are now man the master of transitions here man because you just laid it out perfectly because we've got to talk about rattler and that was the next thing on the list hey, and it's not even rattler in specific it's it's the ou quarterback situation it's the spencer rattler benching it's the caleb williams coming in and look man i i know you don't really want to talk about this but in the context of the game that took place last weekend the red river boy uh you know, Rattler struggles. He goes eight of 15 for 111. He throws a pick. He's got three sacks to his name. OU is just getting absolutely dominated by Texas. And in comes Caleb Williams. And he goes 16 of 25 for 212, couple touchdowns. But even that stat line doesn't really doesn't really encapsulate what he actually did for that Oklahoma team. So just kind of big picture here, man. What does this mean for Oklahoma? 
what does this mean for Spencer Rattler? I mean, everybody was looking at him as being the number one draft pick in the country, you know, going into uh, the NFL draft next year. And it looks like there's a chance that might not happen. I mean, not only, I mean, does he even come out anymore? Does he need to take another year to, to salvage any sort of, uh, you know, draft position that he might've had? What are we looking at here? Des? It's interesting, right? It, it's a dynamic of when you're an asshole to everyone in, in life and, and everything's good and you're winning, it's fine. But if you're an asshole and, and you're not winning, you're not putting up the numbers, people are going to think you're just an asshole. And you saw the student section turn on him during the West Virginia game. They're, they're chanting for Caleb Williams. They're saying, F you, Rattler. Uh, you have all this stuff. You have this dynamic of a team. Texas had him bottled up. Texas had him rattled once again uh, on, the, on the defensive side. And kudos, kudos to Riley to see that in-game stuff and, and switch. And you saw the team dynamic turn on a freaking head. And you saw guys on the sidelines jumping up and down. You saw them pumping up uh, Caleb. You saw all this stuff that you didn't see when Rattler was a quarterback. And it only shows that the kid needs to grow up and be matured. I mean, you can't get go through your life just thinking you're the stud and treat everyone the way you treat them. Because we saw it before we even stepped on OU with the, that Netflix documentary, QB, you know, whatever it was when they, they highlighted his life. And so I think, um, I think what we saw play out on Saturday was a long time coming. And I think it was also a product of Rattler thinking he would just step in and win the Heisman just because he was following the footsteps of all the other quarterbacks that came through the the Riley train and, and, and at OU. So, um, yeah, I just I'm, – I'm not surprised this happened. I'm really not. That's fair. Um, but, you know, it, and it also speaks to – I mean, this is two straight years that he's gotten binged in, you know, what is basically their biggest game of the season outside sure. of any sort of playoffs. And, I mean, you know, once is a fluke. Twice – now we're starting to see a pattern here. And I, I mean, I don't know what it is. Is he, is it just something about Texas? Is it something about this stage that he's on? You know, it, it makes you wonder. And I definitely think that that's something that, you know, NFL GMs and scouts are going to be asking themselves, trying to figure out. I, what's the most likely scenario in terms of schooling slash draft? do you think here? I mean, do you think that he, you know, comes back to OU for another season, transfers elsewhere to play another season, or do you think he just sticks with the plan and and enters the NFL draft, even if it means not necessarily going number one overall? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Kuiper and all the other guys had, or were tweeting, you know, Rattlers sliding down their big board and stuff, but um, those guys don't make the picks and we see it year in and year out, obviously he's uber talented uh, and, and the, has the, the tangibles of doing that. And he'll probably, you know, combine well and he'll probably do the private workouts well uh, to justify a first round pick. It's not going to be one, one, but I, I think you just take that jump and, and you go into the NFL. You don't, um, I think it's almost like a cost benefit analysis type situation. You're not going to try to go to another school and have this flare up again, where, the team doesn't like you. The fan base doesn't like you. Uh, they like the backup quarterback better because it could happen again. And then now you're looking at character problems and all that being thrown around and you're going to slide further down the board. So I think the smartest thing is to uh, just wait out the season at, at OU, 
obviously if you get benched, uh, you get benched and uh, you're ready for your call to be back in. But uh, just to go to the draft, go get your money, young man, and, and, and get on with the next chapter of your uh, your career. All right, Des, man, that's that's insightful, buddy. I uh, I think it's time to we grab a little break right here because on the other side of it, we still have a couple of other things to hit on before we get into some of the games for this weekend. So, guys, we're going to do that right after this. Welcome back, everybody, to the Road to Glory podcast presented by Apollo Media. I'm your host, Chris. I'm here with my boy, Dez. Dez is giving us hot take Friday. Boy, I mean, just, you know, just absolutely eviscerating Matt Corral and Spencer Rattler in the first segment, uh, just tearing them apart, uh, you know, potentially for good reason, but we'll see. Uh, Dez, man, listen, um, we're talking big picture here. And I think, especially after six weeks, I think the biggest question that, that I kind of have for you in terms of what I thought I knew coming into the season versus the way that it currently stands right now is what's the deal with Clemson? Um, You know, I, I wish I could like drill down and, you know, and and give you pointers here, but you know, uh, DJ Uangale was supposed to be the next guy, Uh, you know, obviously preseason top three, I think it was going into that, week one matchup with Georgia. And I mean, there was a time that they're, you know, they're still currently out of the AP top 25. They're sitting at three and two. So this season, next season, the next five seasons at Clemson, big picture. What's up with Clemson, dude? Um, I think it was just a, a, a reload year, right? And you had Trevor Lawrence was gone. ETM was gone. Yeah, you had these horses that were there and staples of winning gone. And obviously it doesn't help that your first game back is uh, Georgia, who now we know is probably the mo- it is the most c- complete team in the country uh, and playing that game, losing 10 to three. But everything else with, with Clemson and the micro this year has been just been bad. Even their wins, right? The Georgia Tech game, they barely survived 14 to eight. Then they lost in double OT to NC State and they they should have lost in regulation like Yep. And that game never should even gone to OT. And then, you know, then they had the, the – they barely escaped Boston College at home, at homecoming. So, even when they're winning, it's not it's not great. And their schedule is is soft in the sense of, you know, they're supposed to be that team and, 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 that, and that dude, and they haven't been. And so, um, it, it's got to be a wake-up call for, for Dabo and the, and the boys. And I think – the long term, they'll be just fine, right? They have they they recruit. They have to hit well on the recruits. Obviously, they they get a few five stars. It's not like Alabama they can get ten or fifteen, you know, every year and reload and replace. Yep. But they have to make sure they hit on those, and they usually do. And so I don't. I think this is a be a this is a lot of learning, a lot of learning bumps and bruises, and you can utilize that. And and as long as Dabo doesn't poison the well and and, and mess it all up for himself. Um, I think this is just a, a big learning curve for this team. All right. So let me ask you this then, because, you know, so far I'm with you. Um, look, they've got, they've got Syracuse tomorrow, right? They're listed currently as a 13 and a half point favorite. And then after that, to, to finish the season, they've got Pitt, FSU, Louisville, UConn, Wake Forest, 
in South Carolina. I mean, do you think that they're able to right the ship this season and and string together a bunch of victories to close it out? Or based off of what we've seen so far this season, do you think that the rest of the season is going to be pretty much the same? You got to think when you look at their schedule, they're probably the favorite in every single game, maybe outside Louisville. And even then, they'll probably be a slight favorite. Um, you think they're going to be a favorite over Wake Forest when that time comes? Yes, in the sense of they, if they've ran one, two, three, four, five, if they've ran five in a row, even if they're ugly, I think that Clemson bump is going to happen just because they're at home um, and it's senior day. Obviously, I think Wake Forest is a better team uh, at this point of the season. But if they go into that, that stretch at what is that? They're three and two. If they're eight and two, yeah. probably they'll be a slight favorite. Like a, you know, it'll probably be like minus three. Uh, in on it, so that means on a neutral field, it'd be pretty much even. So I think that's where it's gonna be. I think that's probably the last game that's that's a questionable game on their on their schedule. But if they end the season, if they end the season, what nine and two, and, and then go win a bowl game and end the season ten and two, you could sell that, right? Dabo's a, we say he's a snake oil salesman, and he recruits well. He 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 could sell that product. He could sell a ten and two product to the recruits. Obviously, one of those losses being a to number one Georgia. So especially when you can sell 10 and two as being a down year. Correct. You know, how many coaches can say, like, you know, we had a really bad year, lost two games all season. One of that being to the number one team in the country. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely, you know, it it could it could be spun as a positive. Uh, but I, you know, it just I'm not necessarily worried for them, but I am intrigued about you know, what they do from here. So I I think it's something we'll keep an eye on going forward. All right, Des. For sure. In the other direction, so so Clemson has been one of the biggest surprises in terms of of moving down for me. Uh, In the other direction, I think it's got to be Kentucky, man. Um, You know, under under Mark Stoops, they, they come into the season unranked. They've reeled off six straight to start the season, uh, including a win over Florida in Lexington for the first time since I want to say it was like 99, Um, you know, beat them by a touchdown there. They just absolutely dominated what we now know is just a horrible LSU team. Um, But, you know, they're 6-0, they're ranked 11th. So here's my question, big picture-wise. Is this going to be a blip in in the projection for Kentucky? Like, is this going to be a really good season and they're going to revert back to being Kentucky after this? Or do you think that this is something that they can continue to build on and sustain and grow? Uh, So it's tough when these – the middle of the pack SEC schools have a run like this, right? The the Mississippi States – the Kentuckys, um, because they have to have so much come on their side just to be in this picture right now. And I think it's a product of having a really, really, really good football team. And also the fact that the SEC is a little down this year across the board. So it's like you can you can draft off that and you can and, and take it to that next level, which they're doing. Um, to build on that consistently, it, it's tough because all the big dogs, you know, 
are going to bounce back and bring in all these five stars where Kentucky's going to have to hit on all these recruits. But right now, I think you really have a team that's playing for their coach. They they believe in one another. They have a a complete football team, and almost they play they almost play something like Big Ten ball where they just can slow it down and grind it out for you if they if they want to. Yep. And then if you kind of get lulled into that, they could put up points. And obviously, the defense is is playing damn good football. But um, I don't think they have a chance against um, against Georgia. I really don't. I'm going to be interested to see. It seems like every spread is around three touchdowns for Georgia right now, right? I think yep. every single game that we've seen them play, it's it's been that number. Can they keep it close? I think so. Um, we saw Auburn really kind of keep it somewhat respectable late into the game before it got out of hand. But uh, with Kentucky, I think they just got to play this ugly defense, hope Georgia turns the ball over, and, and they capitalize. And, and I think slowing it down is probably their best bet. But as a whole, I don't see Kentucky emerging as like a SEC powerhouse, but at least for this year, they can definitely have a product to sell to recruits that maybe even get a little headwind there. I mean, look, even let's say, you know, let's say worst case scenario, they just get their doors just absolutely blown off by Georgia, right? Look at the schedule after that, though. Mississippi State, a, a, a surprising Tennessee team, not a bad Tennessee team, but also not an elite Tennessee team. And then they have Vanderbilt. New Mexico State and Louisville to end it. I mean, there's a real chance that Kentucky is going to be going into the postseason with just one loss to their name. And that's against, you know, the number one team in the nation in Georgia. And, you know, we talked about Clemson being able to sell, you know, 10 and two with one of those losses to be into Georgia. I mean, Kentucky, you know, theoretically could do the same. I, you know, ending the season you know, uh, 11 and one, I, that's a really good season for them and not at all what I projected for them coming into the season. Um, man, I, you know, I, I think it's kind of fun when, when we have teams like this that you don't really expect to, to be up there that start to find their way up there. And uh, I think best case scenario for them is that, you know, the, the loss to Georgia this weekend is a touchdown loss um, because, you know, even then they can say, you know, hey, we played them, we hung with them. And uh, and then if they run the table from there, they, they've got a strong argument to be in in a really good bowl at the end of the year. You know, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Georgia's doing what they're doing. Right. So to, to rewind it a bit, when they played Arkansas, they were probably. Uh, I think they were around 14 and a half point favorite. Um, they end up winning 37 to nothing against Auburn. I think it was right around 20. They yep. went 34 to 10. And, and it's just like Georgia's going to go out there and, and play their game, hang 40 points, play really solid defense. If Kentucky can make it more respectable than Auburn and Arkansas, who are respectfully eight and 18 when they played Georgia, um, that's got to be a, a win, right? Like it's it's just got to be like something that you like you said the rest of the schedule is kind of open for them to maintain this this winning streak um, if they were to follow Georgia but you can build some momentum even off a loss here oh a hundred percent a hundred percent and you know I teams like Cincinnati like this Kentucky team so far this season I SEC bias aside. I just want to see him keep winning. I just want as much chaos at the end of the season as absolutely possible. And honestly, I mean, dude, 
could you imagine if they pulled the upset this weekend? Oh my God. I, I mean, you know, what that would do for the college football season, I wouldn't say is unprecedented, but boy, it would throw a wrench into a lot of things because then you're potentially looking at an undefeated Kentucky going into the SEC championship. And Jesus Christ, that'd be fun. All right, man. Um, before we get to our next break, I got to ask you here. Give me just your your personal biggest surprises and, and disappointments this season. You don't have to go super far in depth, but w- when you're evaluating this college football season, what are you looking at? My biggest surprise um... – my biggest surprise is going to be the emergence of the secondary Pac-12 schools. And I'm saying that as the fact that Oregon obviously came in as the favorite, the number nine in the country, they're four and one. But it's the Arizona States, it's the emergence and demergence of USC. Everyone was touting USC and now they're they're just back to where we thought. All those secondary teams, I, I I've I've liked to see that shift of it. And I think Arizona state is going to make a run. Um, I, I think that there's a, there's a thing that good teams obviously lost to BYU in, in a hot, hot game, but Oregon state is playing good football. Utah is kind of just waiting to play spoiler UCLA's, you know, chip, but I like this middle pack of teams because it's, there's chaos there. We saw, we saw what Stanford did, uh, against Oregon, Washington State is could be spoiler. Oregon State could be spoiler. I like the emergence of that because we talked about this before with the pack football just being out on its own little island and you know pack after dark. A lot of people don't watch that, so I, I'm yep. I like the chaos of that. The biggest disappointment for me is got to be we talked about Clemson, right? It's got to be the fact that. Um, they came in with all these aspirations and they're not even ranked right now, half at almost the halfway point. And so um, those are, those are my two. All right, man. All right, guys. Uh, real quick, before we head to break here, I just want to say two for, you know, uh, most pleasant surprises. I, I've got to, I've got to show a little bit of love to SMU currently six and O oh, uh and once again, having another quality season, there's a good chance that they could be undefeated going into their matchup with Cincy in the second to last week of the season. I want and that. That's the chaos I, we're talking about, right? It, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, I'm not an SMU fan by any means, but I hope they keep winning until we get to that game because, you know, they're currently ranked uh, in the AP poll. They're currently ranked 23rd, sitting at 6-0. and Cincinnati, of course, is third at five and zero. Oh. I mean, if we can just get these teams together, and you know, Mordecai versus Ritter is going to be phenomenal football. I mean, they may score a, ba- a bazillion points. I mean, that might be our featured matchup of that week if it For if sure. it comes to fruition. All right, Des, we got to jump to break, brother, because this is you know this is still a preview weekend, so we do have you know some some games to get to. Sounds good, bro. Welcome back to the Road to Glory podcast, you guys, presented by Apollo Media. I'm here with Apollo Dez. Dez, look, man, we've done a lot of big picture stuff in the early portions of this pod, but we've got some games coming up this weekend that we've got to talk about. And, Jesus, I don't really want to start with this one, but I'm just so intrigued by this, right? We have 
number 12, Oklahoma State, undefeated at 5-0, and playing your 25th-ranked Texas Longhorns, who are 4-2, and and yet Texas is a four-point favorite here. Can you explain this to me? And what I might take Friday, Texas wins by double digits. I think Oklahoma State is fraudulent. I'm wow. saying right now they are fraudulent. Even after they beat Baylor. Yeah, Baylor, yeah. I'm not – Texas runs them out of the stadium in Austin. It is the biggest recruit weekend. Arch Manning is going to be there, the future quarterback of the University of Texas. They're putting up points. The injury to Jordan Winnington is is worrisome because that is kind of uh, Casey Thompson's safety blanket in the middle of the field. So someone has to emerge there. But Sark is all gas, no breaks, especially after that this past weekend. And and Texas lost that game to OU terribly, right? They blew this, this insurmountable lead. But the the plan was for Spencer Rattler. And, and that defense contained Spencer Rattler and caused a ton of problems. Now, the wrinkle was Caleb Williams emerging and him just being Vince Young out there and just throwing balls up, Hail Mary's one-on-one balls, and them getting it. He's just He was a stud that night. I am not scared of Spencer Sanders. I'm not. He doesn't have Wallace. He doesn't have Chuba, and he's just kind of a game manager. He makes ill-advised throws. You can, you, I guarantee he's going to have two interceptions on Saturday, and Texas is going to boat race him, absolute boat race him. All right. Wow. 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 All that's right, even, I'm not even by This is just a straight up. I, I've, I've seen I, when I'm looking at the board, I'm like, wow, this is almost an all in because it's a trick number. Right. This four and a half wants you to wants you to take Oklahoma State because you're like, oh, yeah, you know, if, the, if Texas wins a field goal, I still win my bet. Nah, this is a trap bet. Wow. Texas wins big. Look, man, I, I will commend Sark because he's clearly established in an offensive identity within this Texas program and they're humming. I am a bit concerned that Texas, even after like, you know, blanking rice 58, nothing earlier this season, even counting that game, the Longhorns are still giving up like 440 yards a game to opposing offenses. And I think you're right. I don't think Oklahoma state is going to do that this weekend, but that is a bit worrisome for the Longhorns for me personally. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, the Oklahoma game's already passed. Um, the Arkansas game's already passed. So, you know, uh, they've – Spencer Sanders has thrown for 781 yards and five touchdowns and four picks. Yes. I mean, like – and he, he thinks he's Baker Mayfield out there. Like, it's – it's it's going to be bad for – it's going to be bad for Oklahoma State. All right, man. All right. So, look, we, we've got Dez's hot take on this game. You, you guys heard it here. Not only is Oklahoma State not going to cover, the Longhorns are just going to boat race them. I'll say 21 points. Tw- oh, you're giving them the Alabama-Georgia spread, huh? Yeah. All right, man. All right. We got to move on here. I, I don't even want to mention this game really, uh, because I already know how this is going to end. But I do want to take a minute here to talk about Florida versus LSU, just because this LSU team, they already weren't good. And now they just don't have any of their best players for the rest of the season. I mean, stud receiver Kayshawn Boutte done for the season. Uh, Defensive back Elias Ricks out for the season. Uh, Their best defensive end, uh, Allie Gay out for the season. I mean, it is 
It was already a bad season for LSU. It's going to get worse because the spread with Florida is 11 and a half. And I don't think that it's even going to be that close. Honestly, Um, I think Florida is going to come in looking to embarrass us for, you know, the game last season, the shoe toss game. And uh, yeah, so we don't really have to spend any time on this. Uh, Florida wins by at least 17 probably more than that, if I had to guess. And uh, really, I think the biggest news for this game is, you know, how long until Coach O gets shown the door? Does he make it to the end of the season? I, I remember when the first episode I said that he's on the hot seat. Yep. Um, I, I I don't think Napier is the guy anymore because of everything that's happening with him. But, um, yeah, I think Coach O is Coach O, and, and he got really lucky and blessed that Joe Brady walked through those doors uh, that year that really transformed that offense in that short time period. And, um, I, you know, I, uh, I completely agree. No, it's a lot, but he's, he's gotta be out of there. Like it's, this is bad. This is bad when you just won a championship, what, two, two years ago. Yeah. And I, I'm my, my first question is always anytime anybody wants to fire coach, it's always, all right, who's the next guy. And that's a conversation for a different time, but there's some serious questions that that this LSU who, program is going to have to address. Who would you want in a in a perfect world? In, in a perfect pluck any, world, fuck anyone. Nick outside Saban. of Saban. Outside okay, of Saban. God damn. Outside okay. of, out of Saban. All right. Um. Look, out of all the realist, realistic, semi-realistic options, I would love for Joe Brady to come back and and be the head coach. Although I do believe that he probably gets an NFL gig after this season with what he's doing with Carolina. Um, Dave Aranda, I would also, you know, he, he's got Baylor five and one. I'd like to yeah. see him come back. Um, and then, you know, I've heard Urban's name be mentioned, mm. but no, nah, I can't do it, man. Even if it means success for the program, I just That's don't like deal the guy. With the devil, right? Yeah, I can't do it. Like I, he's almost gonna guarantee you a national championship because that's just what he does where he goes. But also, I just don't want to have to root for him. So, uh, I, I think the one name to to keep an eye on is uh, Mel Tucker out of Michigan State. Ooh, that that is a name that I have been sneakily hearing floated around a little bit. And obviously, LSU had success hiring. You know their last coach from Michigan state, uh, you know, less miles, of course. Um, and, uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued. I've got my opinions, but I'm going to just keep an eye on it for now and see how it goes. I like that. I like that name. All right, Des, uh, we talked a little bit about it earlier, so we don't have to go in too deep here. Really. I just want to ask you Georgia, Kentucky, they're six and O versus six and O number one versus number 11. This game is in Athens Spread on it right now is Georgia by 21 and a half. They are getting what I call the Alabama spread. Just real quick, in and out here real quick. What are we looking at here in terms of a final? I mean, does does Georgia cover this? Do they, do they win by more than 21, or do you think this game is closer than what people believe? I think that they have to um, – I think they will cover just because they – haven't presented any doubt that they can't uh but if there was a game they on their remaining schedule they didn't cover it'd probably be this one just because 
you got to think Stoops has the boys saying like, hey, everyone is saying you're losing this game. Everyone doesn't think you have a chance. And we talked about it earlier with that, with the Arkansas-Auburn games leading up to this for Georgia. This could, this could be a little trappy for them, you know, and, and, and hopefully Kentucky can kind of just hang around the rim and see what happens. I, I just – Georgia's the best team in the country, so they cover. Oh, all right, man. Uh, we got to talk about this one just real quick. Uh, we've got three more games to get to. We've only got a couple minutes left here, so we got to burn through them. Uh, Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin going to Knoxville with everything that happened with Kiffin in Knoxville, leaving the volunteers after one season to go take the USC job and how pissed everybody was. And Kiffin had to lock himself, had to barricade himself in his office until like 4 a.m. that night until he could get a police escort home so that he wouldn't get mauled by these Tennessee fans. And Tennessee's actually, I mean, they're, they're four and two, but they're not a bad team this year, man. It looks like they might've finally found an offense and, you know, it, it's going to be Matt Corral versus um, uh, versus Hendon Hooker on the other side. I think it's going to be a really fun game. Add in the lane factor and yeah. h- how much of a character he is. I think this is going to be a really fun game. Um, right now, Ole Miss is listed as a two-and-a-half-point favorite in Knoxville. And, uh, you know, it's going to be 60 degrees and raining, but I think it's going to be a fun game. I think – I think I'm I'm a closet Lane Kiffin fan. I I just the Joey Freshwater, <laughs> the offense, the this dumb stuff he says and does. Get your popcorn uh, ready, baby, dude. I love it. Like I've I'm just I just buy into that. So I got I'm gonna have Ole Miss winning this game, and I think that this is gonna be a little extra sauce on this one as well. Uh, he's definitely gonna be looking to prove a point, right? Sure. I mean, yeah. Especially I, with this team he has, and, but all, but also just for the entertainment factor. Could you imagine if Tennessee pulls the upset here? Oh, my God. I mean, they're never going to let Kiffin live it down. All right, buddy. We got two more games we got to get to. Uh, we I mentioned Baylor earlier. They're 5-1. and one. They're taking on your big boys of BYU who finally lost a game. They're 5-1 and one after losing 26-17 to 17 to Boise State of all teams. What's up with this game, Des? Uh, right now, Baylor is listed as a six-point favorite over your big boys. Disgusting. BYU, disgusting. Disgusting. BYU wipes the floor with them as well. Hot take Friday. BYU just just takes them to the woodshed. Like wow. last week was a trap game. They, like they were going for the perfecta, the trifecta of owning the state of Utah, and just stumbled a bit. Right. <laughs> Look, I get it, but when you come down to I was actually going to make a joke that got us canceled. But BYU <laughs> is going to beat Baylor in Waco. Uh, uh, BYU is going to beat Baylor in Waco as almost a touchdown dog. You are here with the takes Dude, on I'm Friday, here with man. The takes. All right, man, look, it, it's time for us to go. And it's a good thing that I saved this game for last because there's not really anything that needs to be said. I just want to offer up prayers to Mississippi State this weekend and and to Stony as well so because I feel so bad for him, dude. Alabama oh. are gonna they're gonna take out all of their frustrations, all of their anger. I mean, 
They're a 17 point favorite. I'll be surprised if the final line isn't double that, honestly. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, it's not going to be good. It's thank, not. Thank God Stoney's got the Astros, right? Because yeah. this isn't going to be a good college football weekend for him. I mean, you know, Mississippi State's three and two. Cool. They're above 500. They've got wins against LSU and Memphis so far this season. Uh, or I'm sorry, uh, losses to LSU and Memphis, wins against AM, NC State, and uh and Louisiana Tech. Cool. You beat you beat a ranked AM. And you know what? Congrats, because it's over. It's done. I don't even know if Mississippi State is gonna have a football program after this weekend because Alabama is just gonna absolutely destroy him. All right, Des. Yeah. It is time for us to get out of here, man. Um, it is it is Friday. You've got Astros things going on. Let everybody know uh, where they can follow you and the Astros content and everything. Yeah, follow me at Apollo Desmond or the um, main account at Apollo HU and, of course, at Road to Glory Pod uh, for all the college football stuff. All right, guys. Once again, we really appreciate y'all tuning in, giving us a listen. And uh, we're looking forward to what is hopefully a, uh, a surprising and fun-filled college football weekend. Des, I appreciate it, man, and I look forward to talking to you again next time. Sounds good, bro.